You're getting two dudes talking about whatever they want to talk about. Sort of. Welcome to Pipecast. Welcome back, everyone. We know you've been missing us in the long-form conversation that we typically try and do. This uh, episode is dedicated to all things Balkan. The Battle of the Balkans. So, as you've uh, maybe noticed, if you've been kind of following along with us, uh, we've been smoking quite a few Balkan balloons in those filler episodes. Yep. And... We did that leading up to this episode because we knew that we were going to try to do a cross-comparison between the four blends, and that's uh, Artisan's Blend, Black House, Meridian, and Balkan Sobrani. Yeah, and, and just for background, you probably noticed there wasn't a filler for Artisan's Blend. One, there's sort of an uh, argument as to whether or not Artisan's Blend is a Balkan, but me and Zach think it is, so there you go. That, that, that debate is over. <laughs> And also, we both had Arsene's Blend, so there's no way we could have done a first I impression. Arsene's Blend year. was in the original showdown of Englishes, was it not? I don't know. Um, I know it was um, Meridian, Balkan Sobrani. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, our previous episode. No, no. Oh, wait, what? Didn't we do a showdown where Arsene's Blend ended up coming out? Oh, yeah, yeah. On, uh, on our English bracketology. Mm-hmm. It was. It did win, yes. It was Which up is kind of kind of strange because I think we we've actually char- you know recharacterized it as a Balkan, which might have created a Nolan Boyd situation for the English winner. Well, to me, I've always considered Balkan as a subcategory underneath English. Oh, yeah. Because even if you like, if you look at the ten no- the the ten description for plum pudding, it calls it a Balkan English. A Balkan English. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think the umbrella of Englishes. In my personal opinion, you have the um, you have English as a category, and I think inside of that you have like Balkan, Scottish, Scottish, et yeah, all those different types. Basically, if it's got Latakia, it's in English. How Latakia plays and how the Orientals play will tell you what it is. You know that makes sense. Um, so, like I said, uh, I, I mean, getting <laughs> getting a lot of. Uh, kind of uh, tongue fatigue all these Balkans that we were smoking because they are not I mean they are heavier blends and uh, with any type of heavy blend um, that you're you know you're sort of rotating these things out trying to get different pipes in the rotation with them uh, just different kind of aspects to a blend how you roll I mean how you uh, pack it how you light it what you light it with what you smoke it in I mean you end up smoking many 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 bowls along the way yeah and of course, you know, you've got, uh, we've got a couple of first impressions recorded in that mix too. Yeah. I'd never had Black House before. Yeah, you hadn't. And I hadn't had Balkan or Meridian before. So, mm-hmm. uh, interesting enough, you were talking about, you know, tongue fatigue. I sort of, I'd been talking to you, Zach, about a revelation that I was going to reveal. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, so... <laughs> I've never been one to experience a lot of tongue bite. I don't know if it has to do with the the pH levels of my mouth or what. I don't know. All I know is tongue bite's a rare occurrence for me. Right. And I know you spoke about it before with your Virginias and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people have talked about it. Um, I know uh, Eddie Gray at the Pipe Nook, he, if they didn't make filter pipes, he wouldn't be a pipe smoker because the, the filter pipe 
keeps that tongue bite at bay. So the revelation I have is I've all I've ever had is unfiltered pipes. Never really gotten tongue bite. I purchased a couple of 7LE Series 3 pipes that are 9mm nine millimeter, nine millimeter filter from the pipe nook. Mm -hmm. Not for any reason of for, to deal with tongue bite. Like I said, I, I've never really gotten it. And also not necessarily, really more for moisture. It sort of helps soak up some moisture to keep from gurgling from happening. And I thought, well, hey, it's just an extra health benefit, I guess, you know? Maybe. I was like, is what's the harm in at least trying it out? And like I said, I, I wanted the I wanted the unfinished seven Ellies. And like you really you can't you really can't get them uh anywhere else other than the pipe nook, at least in the States. And all of his, I think pretty much are nine millimeter nine millimeter filter. When I, I say all this to say that after smoking those two pipes off and on for like the last two, three weeks, two, three, four weeks, five weeks, whatever. When I go back, it doesn't matter what kind of blend. When I go back to my non-filtered, I'm starting to get tongue bite now. Mm. So I never got tongue bite before, but now I'm getting it. And I don't know, like I said, like I, said I didn't buy the filtered pipes to alleviate tongue bite. So it shouldn't be a mental thing. You know what I'm saying? Unless like, it's like restricting some aspect or some component piece that you would become accustomed to. And now re-venturing back into it. Your mm -hmm. tongue may or may not be accustomed to it any longer. Also, what is the filter? Is it like a balsa wood or something like that? Uh, they came with balsa woods already in them, but I purchased they like that. So, so I bought two pipes, and they both came with a balsa wood in it. But I purchased some Seven um, LA charcoal filter pipes. I'm sure, like the charcoal is definitely going to filter out a bunch of stuff yeah. that you're probably yeah. accustomed to smoking. And I'm not sure what the balsa wood does. I've seen those inserts before. Yeah, it, Aren't they sort of like a triangular shape? Uh, yeah. I um. Well, it sort of looks like a, sort of like a W, because it it it's meant for the smoke doesn't go through the wood. It sort of goes through little gaps that there's little ridges. There's ridges on each side of the wood to sort of leave a gap. So like I don't really think the balsa woods are. are I don't, I don't like them. I, I'd rather do the charcoal. If I was going to do a filter pipe, I'd just do the charcoal. Um, yeah, it must be taking out some aspect or some component that you just are normally accustomed to. And it might be the same thing with me. Like maybe I got accustomed to Virginia's because I was just pushing myself forward to smoke them. And then, of course, it just over time, I just sort of gotten used to it. Um, tongue bite's a weird phenomenon sometimes because it'll happen and sometimes it won't. Yeah. That's a, I mean, it can be really strange that something can do, go from nothing to something like overnight. And the thing is, like, I'm, I haven't noticed a, like a change in f like flavor or taste, like between filter pipe and non-filter pipe. It, it, to me, it doesn't change anything of the taste. So if, if the taste isn't changing and the filters are pulling something out that, I guess, causes tongue bite, then my only thought is, well, then it must be pulling out something bad for me. But, I mean, because, I mean, tongue bite is, I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I mean, it's a chemical burn on your tongue that you shouldn't do. Right. <laughs> if you can avoid tongue bite, you should. But, yeah, so I don't know what that's going to mean for me in the future because, I mean, 
two out of my pipes have filter and the others don't. So uh, it's just probably something I'm going to have to get reaccustomed to. Either get reaccustomed to or start filtering out your pipes <laughs> that are non-filtered. You are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, that's, a, you know, I mean, I guess that's your only option is you, is you get accustomed to it or you could take the filters out of that pipe and just smoke it without a filter. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, or you could just, or, or the other thing is just yeah. go full filter. Yeah, we'll we'll experiment with it. I, I just thought that'd be, you know, be interesting to talk about because, um, I don't know, it's just a weird thing. When I, when I started pipe smoking, like, I didn't even really think about the filters, you know, like I just didn't think about it. It wasn't like a, no, I ain't going to do that. That's, that's for sissies or, yeah, you know, I, I, I was just like. It seems like one less, one more thing I have to deal with, so I'll just get non-filtered, whatever. Which Peterson doesn't filter a lot of their pipes; they only have a few. So, and I was, I was a big Peterson, you know. So, Peterson's a really good, well-rounded pipe company. So, it is kind of odd that they don't actually service that more. Yeah. Honestly, it's typically Italian pipe makers who are more filter prone than not. Yeah, but say 7L like super filter. Like it's, it, however hard it is to find a filtered Peterson, it's that, it's the same amount of hard, hardship to try to find a non-filtered 7L. It's, it's, it's actually pretty funny, I guess. Well, I think the interesting thing would be to see of Italian pipe smokers who inhales you know, because I think that's going to be the rub. Well, I think the filter, from my understanding, the filter isn't just to protect you against inhalation. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe by taming the smoke a little bit by going through a filter, inhalation is actually more accessible to the person. So I'd be that curious to see be. if you're inhaling the pipe smoke, you know? That could be. Is that, I mean, is that predominant in Italy? That could be. That could be. I didn't even think about that. Because, you know, I was, you know, again, for me, like, I was coming at it from a moisture prevention and then also a... Um, yeah, but I feel like most pipe smokers aren't fussy with moisture or just the occasional tobacco leaf coming through the stem. No, I think probably most, again, I think most people probably go for filters, this is my assumption, on American pipe smokers. Most pipe smokers, if they're going to use a filter, it's probably just to stop the tongue bite. If it's anything, mm-hmm. it's not an inhalation, it's not a moisture, it's a tongue bite, or they're just, I guess, like me, to a certain extent, a little bit cautious of your health, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the realm of tobacco use, right, so cigarettes, of course, are, are going to be the most damning to your to your health, right. uh, and then probably cigars are next, and then pipes are the least, but then right underneath pipes is filtered pipes, so... I don't know. I guess if you enjoy the aspect... In, in terms of smoking, I know that, like, dipping and stuff is pretty rough on your gums. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Now, probably the safest form of imbibing or consuming tobacco is probably, like, nasal snuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, it could be. I don't know what that does to your nasal... To your, Apparently, to your... no one... From what I gather, no one has died... Of like sinus cavity cancer 
from nasal snuff. Mm. There was a dude who apparently died of ear cancer, but it's because he kept rubbing the snuff in his ear. Like literally, that's what he did. Why? Can you know. can you get anything from that? I don't. I mean, he died of ear cancer. I didn't even know that was a thing. But like, he would put the snuff in his ear. So you haven't tried it? I thought you've tried every form of tobacco. I have. Every form of tobacco, <laughs> not every way of consuming tobacco. I but, haven't done those Vietnamese pipes. I haven't done. Uh, I haven't done the Japanese pipe. I haven't done. Uh, but you did put. Skull wintergreen up your butt one time, though. No, that's not true. Oh. Well, you lied to me, then. <laughs> okay. This is a little bit of vengeance for the fact that I was hitting him with that communist rhetoric from the last <laughs> episode. <laughs> I could already tell. I was like, I'm probably going to pay for, for all these comments I'm making about, you know, Patrick's red-leaning. Because I used to think he was just, like, green, white, and orange. But apparently he's red. Who knew? I don't know. You know, Patrick, he's, you know, he's, wow. he's Irish by blood. Wow, you, uh, you hear that laughing? But a communist by creed. What? I don't oh, hear anything. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> but, the, um, where, where, where were we? But yeah, no, I've never, <laughs> I've never done snuff in the ear. I haven't done like, but I have, I, I like nasal snuff. It's pretty good. I like mentholy. Uh, if you're gonna get a, a nasal snuff and you want a recommendation, I recommend uh, um, Crumbs of Comfort. Uh, it's a Gawith. Mm. I believe that's a Gawith blend. I could be wrong. That actually might be a Williams of Sheridan or Wilson of Sheridan. Was there one that was like Cairo? Yeah, Cairo is, um, I don't know if it's called Cairo. No, that one is like, that's like Earl Grey tea. Oh. That's magical. That's a good snuff. Mm. Now, the problem with snuff is, is if you're not comfortable with it, um, I want to see if it's Wilson's of Shero that has crumbs uh, 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 of comfort. But like, the problem with any type of snuff is that, man, like it is... If you're not, if you're just not used to it. Okay, so Wilson Shapiro did that and it did, what is that Cairo? Is, is it just called Cairo? I, I thought. Grand Cairo. Yeah, there you go. So Grand Cairo is probably my favorite in terms of just like it being, it, it's probably the best snuff there is. And then I like Crumbs of Comfort a lot too, which is a spearmint. Okay, okay. Uh, snuff actually comes in handy if you're in like, Man, this is this is this is like I don't know why I, I've been in this situation more than once and I've had snuff <laughs> on me. I don't do this for a living, but if you've ever been in a house that is like condemned and like might have heavy cat or human feces or urine or something like that, okay, hit some snuff. You won't smell it. It's great. Like snuff <laughs> really takes care of because it's got that menthol. A lot of morticians will put or like people who do body uh, or cadaver like um, investigation. Will put some sort of methylated thing on kind of that that bridge of their lip. I'm not okay. sure what is that called. Whatever that little shush mark is on your lip. Um, shush mark. I never heard. Of it. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is, I've seen them put that on there, and it kind of like cancels out that really nasty uh, decomposition smell. Yeah. Snuff does the same thing, except you're doing it now. You don't you don't snort snuff like heavily. 
You just, it's like a, a, a light whiff. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe we can do an episode on snuff. I really like snuff. Um, my wife actually does not like me doing snuff. Why? I don't know. I guess, like, she doesn't like the idea of inhalation of something like that. But it's like, I was telling her, I was like, you're not really... You're not really inhaling it. I mean, it's not like you're doing a line of cocaine or something like that. Well, I was going to ask Which is you, what people yeah. really do. I've seen people hit snuff, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. No, no. Just, <laughs> like, just kind of smell it, you know? Yeah. And it, it'll get in there. It's fine. If you hit it, you're going to be, like, sneezing for an hour, you know? Yeah. It really is just, I, mean, I don't know. I like it. It's, it's been, it's one of those things that I like to do. I usually do it in the winter. Because I was going to ask, like, yeah, when people, I, you know, isn't there like a harmful, like people who do snort cocaine a lot, like they start getting like nasal bleeding and and like their nose is like constantly running. Mm-hmm. But but since you sort of just smell, sort of just a little, a little sniff, wouldn't be for for snuff. It's more of a sniff, well, not a okay. kind of snort. But also this is. Um... So let's say I'm preparing snuff, right? So mm. I put snuff in a grinder. It's tobacco, right? Mm. And I grind. It's dried. I grind it, grind it, grind it, grind it, grind it down to its to its powdered form, you yeah. know. And it can be stems and everything. And you grind it all the way down, right? Yeah. And there's different levels. Like, uh, uh, there's like a, a toast version. I think it's dried toast or something like that. Um, and it's really good. It doesn't have any flavoring in it, but it's just tobacco. And then they'll add a mentholation or some sort of essence on there that gives it a smeller, right? Yeah. And that's about it. With cocaine, I mean, you take coca leaves, you crush them down, you pour gasoline and turpentine on them, and then you mix it down until it extracts it, and then you extract it more with another chemical. So you're snorting gasoline and, like, turpentine and all this shenanigans, and it's got there's, like, concrete mixtures, and then it, it's burned and, like... The pro- there's a, you can watch an entire process on how they process like cocaine, and it is the most chemical laden process you've ever seen. So, I'm not saying that snuff will destroy won't destroy your sinus cavities. I'm saying that from what I gather, there's not a lot of information out there. From what I gather, of people getting just like waylaid by snuff. However. If you're snorting something that is derived from gasoline and heavy diesel, yeah, like I imagine it'll probably hurt your sinuses because I don't think you can cut that out if it's a chemical extractor. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I don't know a lot about cocaine, so like it was it I'm sort of just I'm curious. Only, I've watched documentaries on it. I've never like dabbled in it. Oh, okay. Well, it's. It, it, I think that the the thing about cocaine is, it's well, cocaine's just a bizarre thing that is just so cemented in the eighties <laughs> that you know seventies eighties coke is such a like that. Like, I mean, if you look at like Miami drug wars, like mm-hmm. it, it's really crazy. You know, Columbia, all that stuff was coming out of there. And it was just really intense times. Like, I think that's why, you know, it's kind of interesting to me. There, I guess there was a moment there where I was like, oh, well, like Cocaine Cowboy, like, documentary and stuff. Mm. And I just sort of watched it. I actually believe, if you guys follow the um, the chef, what's that British chef that yells at people? Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay actually, 
I think there's something on YouTube where Gordon Ramsay watches a dude create cocaine. Oh, really? In Colombia or something. He watches the entire coke process. That's pretty cool. It's definitely strange that he did that document. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm 95% certain I watched Gordon Ramsay critique the process of deriving powdered <laughs> cocaine from coca leaves. He, because he, I think he was even shocked when they started dumping gasoline on it. He's like, what? So you can, <laughs> you can watch like that and you can see why maybe that is a, probably a destructive force for someone's sinuses as opposed to just crushing up tobacco and adding a menthol to it. Yeah. Or a smeller or something. So... But the... You know, you like... Um, uh, it's it's you know I I I definitely see the the hesitation in doing snuff though. It's not. Oh for yeah, everyone. yeah. I mean, I, I think I've taken like a pinch from you before mm-hmm. of it, and you know it's it's not awful. I mean, it was. I mean, it's interesting because I sort of like. I'm weird. Like, I sort of like. The you know like the aftershave burn or the mm-hmm. the um, um, the burn like from mouthwash like you know uh, whenever you gargle that or um, I sort of like that kind of burn stuff I'm like you know I, I like the Perique retro hell burn so like you would think I would be more gung ho for it I just I guess it just hasn't interested me enough. But I'm not like against it though, you know. I'm also I'm... not telling people to go get snuff, you know. I mean, it's just kind of like your own thing, and a dab would do you. So if you're like, well, I'll probably do a lot. You won't. Just get a small amount. <laughs> get one and <laughs> just, just get one. See what happens. And then if you really, really like it, I've never seen anyone take down a can of snuff. I've got like six cans of snuff in the house that have never been opened. Oh really? Because, yeah. And well, it's cheap, and yeah. you get so much. Oh my gosh. How much? How many grams do they normally come in the tin? Uh, I think I got one at the house that's like 50 grams. Jeez. Snuff? Yeah, and it's a ton. It's yeah. a ton of stuff. Well, the one that I see you walk around with, your Grand Cairo, what's that like? Oh, uh, 10 grams? 10 maybe? grams, yeah. yeah. It's very small. It's a little small yeah. container. But I have a 50 gram container at Grand Cairo. Okay. And I just fill up the small container. Of course, I haven't filled it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you don't need a lot. No, you don't. You just boop, boop. There you go. Yeah, so uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Balkans. That's right. We've kind of run a couple of rabbits here. We're getting back to our old ways. Yeah. you got to run rabbits if you want to hang out with us. So let's, um, you know, I think it, we haven't really discussed how we wanted to do this because there's a couple of ways. You can break down blend for blend, but we've already done that on the filler episodes. So yes. I think the best way to approach it is just, just I'm going to list off mine in order from top to bottom and then in, in flavor or in, in like your taste yes and then i'm going to discuss it and then i'll add in any sort of bonus list that might negate that list okay so for me <clears throat> my number one pick is glp's is meridian uh my number two pick um is artisan's blend my number three pick is black house and my number four pick is uh, Balkan Sobrani. So, um, if you watched my original filler where I was talking about Meridian, you'll know that I hadn't smoked Meridian in about a decade. Um, 
it had, it was in a competition against Black House, Blue Balkan, and I believe there might have been another one. I can't remember off the top of my head. And uh, Black House actually, I think, won Best in Show. Mm. Blue Balkan won the People's Choice. Mm. And uh, Meridian, GLPs, I don't think, I, don't, I think it, it didn't place really at all. Um, but Meridian is really good. Meridian, to me, is the runner-up to Blue Balkan. Mm. Which is probably why Black House fell to third place. But we'll talk about Black House just a little bit. But like Meridian is its own kind of animal. I swear that the Meridian that I smoked, that I remember smoking, that I remember smoking when I smoked it again recently, brought me back to kind of where I was when I was smoking Blue Balkan a lot. It's not the same, but it's characteristic of it enough that it really is just a great blend it's not your average english it's not your average balkan it's not your average you know typical blend and the reason i say that is because it has a very cajun tabasco-y characteristic to it and i love that i love that so i i forgot how much i love that <laughs> meridian is definitely something that sort of got lost probably in my hunt of maybe stonehaven or penzance or some other blend along the way it got lost in translation. I forgot about Meridian for a long time. But Meridian is, and it's more so, you know, it's it's characteristic. I smoked a lot of Blue Balkan. It never left my rotation. Mm. But Meridian is a rotational blend. Mm. 100%. It's just good. Mm. I, I can't talk about it in... It's almost kind of unfair to actually have Meridian in this lineup because you're getting some nostalgia in there from my time smoking it a decade ago. And then you're getting some of this other kind of new nostalgia. In other words, I'm talking about within the last couple of years. I spent quite a bit of time in New Orleans and Louisiana working. And during that time, I ate a lot of spice blackened uh, tabasco -y food. So you have these two kind of parallel nostalgias, one kind of, of like the last couple of years and the other, you know, 10 years ago, and they sort of run parallel and they, and then just the tobacco itself reminds me of Blue Balkan. So you merge those three sort of memories together. And I, I think it sort of gave quite an unfair advantage to Meridian. And that's kind of like my caveat to it. Black House is really good i'm comparing it next even though it's third place because it was in competition with meridian black house is good it's smooth it's not like meridian at all it's definitely not like blue balkan um it's smooth it's melted really well it's expertly composed i can see why it won because i think it's probably one of the best blended tobacco pipe tobaccos that you could probably get because it, it just works mm. um However, Russellette put that together. I mean, it's really, it was really a smart blend, in my opinion. His blending style just really, it just meshes well. And there's nothing bad to say about that. I think it does kind of take that runner up slot to both Artisan and Meridian, specifically Meridian, because Meridian has so much built in fondness and memory to it. Artisan beats it out because when I think Balkan, I think more Latakia. Yeah. And that's why it sort of tops it out. 
Uh, Artisan also has an advantage of being a cheaper blend. Yeah. Artisan actually has changed. When I originally smoked, <laughs> Artisan was the first Balkan English, however you want to describe it, blend that I ever smoked. Um, Nightcap was actually off the market at the time when I started pipe smoking. It didn't come in until about two years later, I believe. Uh, it had just been taken off the American market. I don't know if it's because it went from Murray's to STG. I don't remember what the transition point was. I just remember that for whatever reason, Nightcap was not around. So I smoked Artisan's blend. That was like the match type of Nightcap that you could get a hold of. Uh, never smoked Murray's, but uh, when I smoked Artisan's blend, it had Syrian Latakia in it. Yeah. So it has changed a little bit. I think that Syrian Latakia is actually a little bit more like a, it's good, it's robust. It, I think it's a slightly more complex and less harsh than Cyprian. So it is a mellier, mellow, mellower Latakia. But Artisans overall, the consistency from when I first smoked it, when I had Syrian in it till today, when I still smoke it, I think it's very consistent and good. And it still has a creaminess that I like to it. And there are aspects to Artisan's blend that they just really work. But it does get a leg up on Black House, not because necessarily it's got the best component uh, assemblage like Black House does, but because that it does have a more Latakia forward and it has that sort of savory note along with the sweet that I really enjoy. Black House is very consistent and it is, I won't say it's one note, but it is a very consistent note. It's, it, it's definitely more orchestrated. Mm. If you can kind of think of it, think of a composition <clears throat> versus like, you know, jazz, you know, I would imagine jazz is more the Meridian, the artisans blend sort of like, I like what I'm hearing. I don't think what I'm hearing has ever been practiced before. <laughs> Not to say that GLPs or, or, uh, uh, I don't know who blends Ashton. Um, Ashton? Artisans okay. blend Ashton. I don't know who actually blends it. Yeah. Uh, it's not STG, is it? I think it is. Okay. Whatever. I mean, the point is, is that, so between Ashton and GOPs, I'm not saying that they don't have, like, a, a map. It just feels like what's going on in those bowls are a little bit more sort of free verse as opposed to Russell Lett, who feels like I'm kind of listening to like a Wagner piece or Beethoven or something where it seems like everything has its place, everything has its moment. And as long as you're patient and you're really going to enjoy it yeah. while there's sort of a free spirited aspect of Meridian. Cause I mean, Tabasco just comes out of nowhere, then it goes away and then it's yeah. like Cyprian Latakia shows up. Uh, or that was, I'm sorry, Meridian. And then Ashton has its own kind of like what's well, lat heavy, then it's creamy and smooth and sweet, but then it kind of goes back to this. So there's a lot of these kind of like, it's kind of, it can be everywhere, but I like that sometimes if all the flavors are good. They don't always have to meld for it to be an enjoyable blend. And I think that's sort of what those two blend, that's the reason those blends kind of take a leg up. They're harsh in the right spots, they're savory in the right spots, and they're sweet in the right spots, and they have this undercurrent of something mysterious going on that makes them just a leg up. Then finally, I'm not going to take all the time up here. Uh, you have Balkan Sobrani. Balkan Sobrani uh, is a J.F. Germain and Sons blend. They picked up the, I think, Sobrani of London namesake and then started blending it in-house. It's basically where I believe we get all the Balkan 
esque blends. Mm. This is the mother blend. Now this isn't Sobrani of London. This isn't the original mixture. Yeah. Um, that is so loved. However, because it picks up the name, it needs to be in this lineup. It's very difficult to get because any JF Germain and Sons blend is is difficult. Anybody who's ever tried to hunt Esoterica knows what I'm talking about. Anyone who's trying just to pick up a Germain or a Kingfisher or any type of like blend like that knows that this is not the easiest thing to acquire in the world. With all that said, um, yeah, it's not it's not great. I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh, if you want to carry that name, uh, you have to be a pronounced tobacco. You can't be Balkan light. Which I just, I think Margate is actually a better blend than Balkan Sobrani. It's not good. I feel like it's the aromatic of Balkans. It's, it's yeah. like, it's like, you know, uh, it's got the essence of it, but it, it really isn't that thing. And it's light uh, to a fault. And I, you know, I don't, I, I won't discourage anyone from loving it and I won't discourage anyone from seeking it out. But I, I do think your time is better uh, invested elsewhere. Um, there are better blends. There are better esoterica blends uh, than Balkan Sobrani. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's not really much difference, uh, like as far as my opinion, on these Balkan blends. Um, I'm sort of going to work in reverse. So 100% everything you said about Balkan Sobrani is correct. Uh, I smoked it on the filler episode. I... Haven't smoked it since. I don't plan to smoke it any anytime soon, um, maybe ever, because it it just again it's more of like a a Balkan flavored tobacco. Like it's not truly Balkan. Um, it it just it's there's nothing happening there. There's no there's absolutely no complexity. There's there's a lack of richness to it. Um, it, it it there is no mouthfeel. It's just air that doesn't even really taste like Balkan. It just sort of reminds you. I mean, I've definitely smoked aromatics that are stronger. Than yeah, that. for sure. Um, so, yeah, so that's definitely the, the, the last place for me. Uh, I would then also agree that Black House is probably the third. Um, and it's no fault to Black House. It's just that, um, you know, I think the other, the remaining two are better. Um, and you know, it, Black House is a little bit more. I want to say it's like it's a little bit more expensive than um, than both Meridian and and Artisan's Blend. So second for me, this is where things sort of shake up. Would be Meridian, and it again, it's not a fault of Meridian. It's just that in my mind, if you're so Artisan's Blend sort of represents what a Balkan should be, in my opinion. Like, it's it's rich, it's creamy, it's Latakia forward, but it also leaves room for, like, all the other components just to sort of come in and sort of help out. Um, so it it is like the definition. It's textbook Balkan. Meridian is textbook Balkan, except that it does have that sort of extra... Tabasco Cajun flavor, which is not a bad thing, uh, but if you're looking for textbook Balkan, that sort of sends it off in a different direction. It's sort of an alternative kind of thing. 
So I feel like while I think Meridian and Artisan's Blend are so close, I have to put Artisan's Blend above Meridian because of because it, it's more truer to what I think about when I think of Balkan. Uh, that essence that I sort of get an idea from with Balkan Sobrani, it's, it's Artisan. When you smoke Balkan Sobrani, it just reminds you that, hey, you could be smoking Artisan's Blend. Right. Or you could be smoking Black House. And see, I would say Black House is not too far away from Artisan's Blend. It's just that Artisan's Blend on SmokingPipes.com is 10 bucks. So if you smoke Black House and Artisan's Blend and they're very close, even if, even if Black House is a little bit above, which I don't think it is, but if you did, it doesn't justify, I mean, Artisan's Blend is 10 bucks, man. Like, just go get it. But then, you know, like I said, Meridian brings something new to the table that is interesting enough to have around when you want that type of blend. And, you know, maybe years of smoking both, I may come to a different conclusion. But again, right now I'm just thinking on, if this is the battle of the Balkans, this is to determine what Pipecast thinks is the best Balkans, I would have to put my money behind Artisan's Blend. Again, just because it, I think it does everything that you want a Balkan to do. And then, you know, whereas Meridian does everything you want a Balkan to do, but then it does more, like it does too much more. Um, so it, it's hard to pick between the two, but yeah, probably nine, nine times out of 10, I'll probably go Artisan over Meridian. But again, that's just because I want that, I want what I envision as a Balkan flavor, even though apparently Artisan's Blend's not a Balkan, <laughs> according to tobacco reviews and places like that. It is... Dialing in everything is always a difficult thing. So you guys are going to have to kind of give us a little leeway in the fact that it's 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 always going to be a matter of opinion and probably a matter of heavy debate whether or not the things that we think are XYZ, we'll just say, uh, Balkan, Oriental, English, whatever, are going to be clear as clearly defined or as personally defined as maybe you would have it yeah yeah um we're doing it based on our understanding of the tobacco our interpretation of what these blend types are um it didn't seem like it, it seemed like a no-brainer for me yeah. and for patrick just to go ahead and bring in artisans blend um yeah. you know in hindsight it probably would have been advantageous to also bring in plum pudding. I was about to say the same thing. We, that's probably our biggest uh, mistake in this episode is that we didn't bring in plum pudding. Mm -hmm. But, but I mean, I've smoked yeah. plum pudding. Uh, I, <clears throat> I could easily throw it in. I think plum pudding uh, would probably outpace uh, artisan, but not Meridian. Which is sort of ironic because, as Patrick discussed and as I mentioned too, Meridian is its own sort of animal, but it does it in such a way. Mm. It's sort of like, it would be like comparing, if you, it would be like saying, like, I like Matrix 1, 2, and 3, but my favorite Matrix movie is <laughs> Enter the Dragon. Because <laughs> it's, it's heavy kung fu, but it's like, it, I know that sounds really crazy. Uh, it might be better just to say I have four favorite Kung Fu movies and Matrix is number one. It does something so different but so similar that you could actually outpace the others just based on some other characteristics. 
Mm. Uh, there's tons of film examples I could give of this, I guess, but like it, it's something that is so sort of off the mark, but it ends up being my favorite. Yeah, yeah. A lot of B movies do this for me, where, um, you know, I can tell you that the technical expertise behind, say, Avatar are are like really incredible. Um, but Avatar gets beat out by tons of movies on shoestring budgets that I've seen mm. that actually some people find probably pretty laughable. And it's because I think that there's a lot more character that goes into that and a lot more things that distinguish it from, you know, something that has just an unlimited budget, so to speak. Doesn't mean that Avatar or whatever is necessarily awful or terrible, um, Granted, I fell asleep in Avatar in the theater, and I've only done that for two movies. I did that for Avatar and Trainwreck. I, I was not quite a fan of Avatar. But, like, doesn't mean that they're bad or that they should be hated or that I I hate people who watch it or something like that. It's just that the, there are other things that, that would distinguish it from that. Um, you know, and I, in, in honestly, I think Plum Pudding is probably more comparable to Nightcap anyway. But yeah. I do consider it a Balkan. So it's easy to see that Meridian Plum Pudding, Artisan's Blend, Black House, and then Balkan Sobrani. And I put Balkan Sobrani far and away in the fifth place or fourth place. To say fourth for me is to say that there were only four places. It really is not yeah. a tobacco that I would place at a fourth place slot if I had, you know, full. I mean, it would probably end up being last and almost every time. Yeah. And I. I well, I got well two things. One, plum pudding probably for me would come in third. Mm -hmm. I probably would put it below Meridian. Um, but but the second thing, and I don't know if this is an argument that Nightcap should be in this in this battle, or an argument that Artisan should not be in the battle. But Nightcap and Artisans are so similar to me; uh, they're very close. Um, it's almost hard for me to distinguish the two. Like if I went in blind and, and you said, is this, art, is this Artisan's Blend or is this Nightcap? I probably couldn't tell you. But I, could, I could definitely tell you Meridian from the rest of them mm -hmm. and Plum Pudding from the rest of them. Black House, it'd be tough, but I could probably pick it out. Mm -hmm. But Nightcap and Artisan's, they're, they're so similar. For me, at least. You know, I think it, more the more and more I think about Balkan Blends, The more I could probably define it in my own terms. Yeah. Ironically, the term is obsolete. So if I were to define a Balkan blend, as I'm thinking of it now, I would say anything that has actually Syrian Latakia in it oh, is yeah. probably Balkan. Because I believe the majority of the Balkan blends were probably composed of Syrian Latakia, which probably gave them... Like, not so robust, but robust with a mellow flair. I mean, Syrian Latakia is pretty astounding if you've not smoked it. I mean, I loved it. I mean, I liked, you know, I like Vintage Syrian. I like the Three Oaks. I like the original Artisan's Blend. I like, um, yeah, I always wanted to try. I never got to try it. I always wanted to try, uh, um, I think it was called Bohemian Nights. It's a GLP Syrian Latakia blend. I have one of those at home. Or ten of it. Okay, there was a moment there where I, I got like, I, I couldn't tell if he was, that's not a funny joke. I got really excited. Like he, he actually, I think, felt bad because I looked at him like, like, 
I couldn't tell if you were about to be mad that I had it and didn't tell you, or if you were just generally excited. I was excited. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was. I think it's called Bohemian Nights. It might be. Yeah, I think it's called. That. Yeah, I, I've never even heard of it until just now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Peace had this, you know, blend, and a lot of people really liked it, and I always mm. wanted to try it. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't exist um, any longer, and I don't think we're ever going to get Syrian Lenticky again. Well, if I were to be just frank about it. Well, I was going to ask you a question. So, before Syrian Latakia sort of became, you know, on the brink of extinction, and then it, and then it became extinct pretty much. How often was Cyprian used? Was it still used a lot? Like, or did Cyprian not come into play until, until it was sort of looking like, yeah, the Syrian stuff's going down? You got to think, we've had Syrian Latakia in bales and stocks, in private stocks, I imagine, in places uh, up through the 2000s, maybe still existing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Where Pease originally kept his tobacco, which I think might have been blended by, it might have always been Cornell and Dill. Don't quote me on this. He has an article on it in which, like, basically they, the warehouse that stored all the Syrian burned down. So they mm-hmm. lost all the Syrian. Um, clearly, McBarrens had some aged Syrian that they kept in stock and they sort of ran a run of it on the HH vintage Syrian. Um, and then, of course, other blending houses had their Syrian because, I mean, they identified it as such. So, but from what I understood, a lot of that Syrian came out from the 80s and early 90s. Mm. We sort of lost the Syrian for sure during this revol- civil war revolution, whatever it is, like in Syria. And that's been going on for like 21 years. Mm. So, I mean... You know, I think production started to sort of dry up, I think, in the 90s. And I think basically, since we've been watching this whole thing unravel, it's basically impossible to get. Cyprus, you know, because, I mean, it's the it's the, it's the the port in Syria, Latakia is where it gets its name from. Mm-hmm. Or Latakia, I can't remember which one it is. But, um, but Cyprus and Syria, I, sh- I think, share, like, common ancestry. Not, like, necessarily of people, but of, like, porting and stuff. So they probably just had the same aromatic woods and then just pro- produced the same process. I imagine Cy- Cyprian Latakia has been around since as long as Syrian has, just because they would probably share in cultures, just because it's oh, a med- more of a Mediterranean culture. So, you know, I mean, if you smoke something, you like it, I mean, think about anything that you've ever gotten, right? Cell phones, calculators, whatever, right? There is probably a knockoff of, like, the whatever brand that you purchase from some other country or some other entity, be it internal, domestic, or external, you know, foreign. The same thing can be said for Latakia. So I'm sure as soon as someone smoked Latakia for the first time out of Syria, then mm. off to the races it went where people were mimicking it, and so I imagine as long as Syrian's been around, There's it, been, it's you know. been some form of Cyprus. And I'm sure that Cyprian Latakia, it might not be directly identified. It might have been cheaper. So who? It, it just depends on what the blender wanted and what they were trying to get out of it. I don't think it's a bad tobacco. I'm not. Yeah. I, I think that to make heavy comparisons I've seen before between Cyprian and Syrian Latakia. They're two different blends. They're two different types. They're the same type of the two different types of tobacco, I think. It's sort of like when you say Orientals, right? There's there's Turkish Izmir, but then mm-hmm. there's like 
um, Katarini, mm -hmm. and then there's, uh, what's that other one, Balsa, Balt, right. whatever it is. There's different types, so right. it's like you have a Syrian Latakia, then you also have a, right. a Cyprian. The processes are probably fairly similar. They do produce two different tobaccos, but one, I don't, I think there's, they're different enough that making a direct comparison, because both of them have that Latakia, you know, surname or whatever, or whatever the, you know, proper name of it is at the end, then you would assume that they are due for comparison. That's yeah. not necessarily true, I don't think. I don't oh, think okay. you, I, and maybe someone older and wiser can school me in that, but I, I think making that comparison is a mistake because there are blends that I've had that are better than, say, Three Oaks, and Three Oaks is here in Latakia. But the blends that I'm talking about were Cyprian. So it's just, it's, it's, it's about what the blender can produce. It's not yeah. necessary. It's quality tobacco first. And then it's what the blender can bring to the table. Outside of that, bringing in different components and making something stellar or not is going to be up to the blending house. Yeah. I mean, I really liked uh, the filler episode we did on Latakia Rolls. You know, and it's only mm -hmm. three components, and it's yep. light on Latakia, but it's still really good. It's Cyprian, but it's also got dark fired, which is peculiar with mm -hmm. a touch of Virginia. I wouldn't really say that is a. It's 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 not, it to me it's not English necessarily. It has no. Latakia in it, but I mean with the dark fired and then them competing with each other. So it's about what the blender does, and they're both Cyprian, and they're really good. Yeah, I mean. Do you sort of think that, I don't know, would you, do you think that Syrian Latakia should just be referred to as Latakia and then that C Cyprian should sort of had its own name? <clears throat> no, because they're just, because they're both fire cured. All right. So if the, the only difference between, I mean, like if I were to say, you could say yes, because yeah. guess what? Syrian Latakia got its name from the port in Syria, okay? So if you called Latakia anything, if you had to define one, it would be Syrian Latakia's Latakia. Yeah. And then you could say, like, Cyprian fire-cured, Kentucky yeah. fire-cured, or well, dark-fired, or something like that. But the difference yeah. is between Kentucky and uh, dark-fired Kentucky and Latakia is the aromatic woods that are done in the Mediterranean. And the actual varietal. Right, because right. Latakia is, is an Oriental. Right. Whereas but that I'm fires just, the Burley. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what I'm, well, I mean, yes. But I'm saying they are fire-cured yes. tobaccos. Yes, yes, But, I mean, I think that, you know, that's, that's, you're not really tasting much of a difference outside of, like, the types of woods being used and maybe the quality of leaf. Maybe. Okay. But, I mean, I think that, you know, all in all, you know, making making a, a, a complete parallel comparison, and, and this is sort of like conjecture, because really there's not a lot of Syrian Latakia left for me to do a, like a appropriate yeah. comparison. So like I said, this is a lot of conjecture. I mean, this is based on my taste in the past and some of the stores of Syrian Latakia that I got still left, and I don't really crack it open that often because, you know, it's... Yeah. It's sort of a specialty thing. I mean, it's the same thing with my McClellan. Like, I don't open it and smoke it very often because it's sort of a special occasion blend. Like, I, you know, or when I'm sharing with other pipe smokers, I don't smoke it very often because mm -hmm. I want to keep it in stock for as long as I can. 
especially if I'm trying to make like really hard Virginia comparisons, then I usually refer back to a McClellan blend. And then the same thing for like, if I really need to make a harsh like Syrian tobacco comparison, then I'll crack it open, but I'm yeah. not smoking it on the rig. I'm, cu- I'm curious. So sort of changing gears a little bit, but like Burley, right? Mm-hmm. Burley is Burley. Perique is Burley. And Kentucky is, or Dog Park, Kentucky is Burley. Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever tried to repli- replicate the process of Dark Fire, Kentucky, but use Virginia? Or same with Perique. Take Virginia's and try to try to age them in a barrel for a year or two years. I'm sure they have. I mean, you'd have to, like, see what... So, I mean, Virginia has, like, that high sugar content. And you'd have to see, like, what that does. Is it caramelizing? Does it ruin the leaf? Like, what does that do? Yeah. What does the smoke do for it? I mean, because usually, like, you got air-cured, flu-cured, and, uh, like, sun-cured tobacco. Like, Mm -hmm. which I guess is sort of like an air-cured in a way. But, like, you know, they just... they, They put these you know, bindings of leaves in these uh, areas and they just let them dry in these warehouses or they put them in warehouses where these large tubes come in and then they steam them. And that's what flu cured is. And then, of course, you know, when you're going into the burley, you have the pressure one, which is perique and, and, and fermented. And then you have the firing of it, which is the, you know, the burley so side, the dark fired Kentucky side. Is perique already cured before it goes into its fermenta- fermentation? Um, I don't think it's a green leaf when it goes in, so I think it's aged a little. So I wonder, ooh, I wonder if anybody's ever... <laughs> but they also say that, like, but it's also one of those, uh, I'm not 100% sure on the French word, but it's like terroir, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, uh, it's another word for earth, it's terrain. You'll see there's a lot in winemaking. Um, the burley that is, gr- it is the burley that is grown in St. James Parish. It's something yeah. about that soil, they say. Uh. So you're not, you're not, uh, this is interesting because you're, uh, this is, a, I guess, an interesting conversation. You're not importing Burley from other states. Yeah. It is this very small parish in Louisiana mm-hmm. where they grow the tobacco and go through the perique process with it, which would be putting it in barrels and using vices to compress it. And it basically squeezes out all those juices and then it ferments. If you look at online at the perique barrels that they have, you can actually see the fermentation process occurring because there's these bubbles forming on the rim as they're they're crushing yeah. these uh, these barrels in. Um, but yeah, they they only grow that tobacco in that parish. That parish, yeah, like it is not considered perique if it is not grown. I'm pretty sure in that parish, that burley isn't. Yeah. So, but I wonder if anybody's ever taken that burley from that parish, fire cured it, and then let it ferment like they would perique. What would it do? Would it even do anything? Well, I mean, you got to think that Perique is a condimental. Very small quantities of it get out um, to, you know, people aren't like, I mean, I guess like maybe people aren't coming in droves, but there is still a limited quantity. I mean, you know, it depends on, and people, especially in Louisiana, and this is not a negative, this happens to Alabama all the time, are very, very, very particular about tradition. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you typically spook people or kind of like shake them out of their comfort zone when you start experimenting with things and uh-huh. sort of like, so I don't know if you can do that based on maybe regional sort mm. of heritage. Yeah. Uh, they might not want to t- 
test the waters on anything else. But like you said, you would have to get the burly leaf, fire cure it, and then put it in the barrel. Now, I guess you would get what is like a smoky, fermented leaf, but it would have to be that burly. You would have to, you know, sow the seeds in that parish, you know, pick them, cure them, fire them, and then yeah. send them back. I mean, I mean, very long. It's not as long as, um, I don't think, uh, it's not as long as like fire curing, I think, a Latakia. And that's like, like several months. I think it? that's quite a long time. But yeah. like fire curing Kentucky is a little bit shorter, but I believe. Hmm. Um, but still, I mean, you'd have to get it to a, to a, to a smokehouse basically. Yeah. And that might not be available in that parish, but you'd have to get it to a smokehouse, get the right kind of sawdust, because they use like kind of a wet sawdust to smoke it. Yeah. And then get it back down to Louisiana or wherever you're at uh, to be cured in those barrels. Seems like you could do it. It seems like it would be a task. Yeah. And it might not. And they might not even be interested in it, you know? I mean, if they've only got a finite amount of barrels and a finite amount of vices and a finite amount of time. They might not be too keen on, you know, this experiment that well could go wrong. Especially when I think it takes quite a long time to crush and ferment those tobacco leaves for Perique. I think it's like what two years. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Is it, it was either one or two, is what I it's remember. It's a long time. Though, yeah. I know that. I know. I think it goes beyond month. So for sure. Well, that's, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, because it sort of makes me interested in like. It'd be fun to do that kind of stuff. It would be if you had access to it and you had the right amount of people backing you. And yeah. I don't mean financially necessarily. I'm talking about like you would have to talk to whoever. I mean, I think there's only two places that actually produce Perique too. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So you'd have to be sort of in compliance with their need standards, what their whatever is. Um, yeah, I mean, you probably, I mean, it probably would take a little bit of money if they're already expecting something. Yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, if it's one year or if it's two year, everything, like, if you're expecting crop to be sent out for blends that are coming on the market in 2022, they're they're being fermented now, mm-hmm. or, or they were being fermented last year. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if they have, you know, I don't know how much uh, Perique is produced to have, like, large bundles. Yeah. Hmm, it's it, it's interesting stuff. It, it, it'd be fun to, when the world gets running back to normal, to go maybe go visit those kind of places and see what, what you know, what all the process is. I mean, I know YouTube is a magical thing. You can pretty much find all that on there. But it'd be nice to see some of that in person, too. Definitely. Um, but, so, that was the Battle of the Balkans. You probably don't like our opinions, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, in... In the face of like something that you're sort of against, uh, particularly like us kind of talking down to Balkan Sobrani, um, I would encourage you to find Balkan Sobrani, smoke it, and then make the comparison. Yeah. And decide for yourself and try to separate yourself out from um, that sort of scarcity hype that comes with this stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. And scarcity hype is, I mean, any type of stuff like that where you're you're sort of engaged in a crowd yeah. and you're engaged in what they're saying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that there are limitations to that and those limitations inevitably favor 
scarcity as in, as opposed to flavor. Yeah. Your your body, you know. I mean, it's the same thing I see with uh, Pappy Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's the scarcity of the thing. It's not the product itself. Yeah, yeah. And 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 a lot of esoterica win. Yeah, yeah. yeah agreed. Um, now esoterica makes really great aromatics, though. You know, but like people don't like aromatics. The irony is, is that people don't like it. Yeah. So, you know, what do you? To, you know, I mean, I really like Blackpool. I think it's a good blend. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of their other blends, their Virginias are really good. But I mean, as far as I don't think the British really have their hand on the pulse when it comes to the English blends, <laughs> which is it's their namesake. But I think I think that what is produced in the United States actually is better. Uh, it's not always true, you know. I do like uh, Skiff mixture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for some reason, uh, American blends seem to have their hand on the pulse when it comes to like really good. English, Latakia, Balkan mixtures. While the British, I think, are um, really astounding at aromatic blends, and specifically Lakeland and Virginia blends. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at like German, Scandinavian uh, blending houses, I think that they really do well with uh, sweeter Virginia Perique, Burley, Burley blends. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about your Reiners, your STGs, and uh, your McBarrett's, and, and like Peter Heinrich. And like, uh, talking about like blending houses, what's it, Kohlhaas and Kopp? Kohlhaas and Kopp, yeah. yeah. Um, so. so, I mean, like, there's a, there's a ton of stuff to get into on that, but I think that, like, you know, after McClellan fell, I think really the, the saving grace were the British for Virginia. Mm. So I don't want the Brits, if you if there's any British people listening or English people listening, I'm not knocking, you know, your traditional English blends. I just think that for whatever reason right now, the Americans really have a leg up on you on that tradition as opposed to, it's funny because like the blends that you're so great at have our state's namesake, <laughs> Virginia. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you know, I mean. It's a it's a passing thing, you know. You got Superman, we got Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. and Henry Cavill. <laughs> so we did a little trade off. We did a trade off in tobacco too. Yeah. So, well, we hope you enjoyed this latest episode of Pipecast. And again, if you are uh, are you know, want more information or more content, we are on YouTube now. Yeah. So check out those uh, little special episodes. So, thank you. Until next time.